This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Third highest paid member of the wild. A very good deal. Yeah. A fantastic move. Yes. Paul Fenton. Yeah. Go, Paul Fenton. Yes. Mackie out, collar in, and we're going to start with this. It's that time. It is. We don't need Phil. You know what? Oh, well, I guess we're sort of stuck with him on this. Mr. Mankato. Hmm. There he is, your training camp hero. The dreams of a dozen it's so bad you gotta let it play for a late round draft picks, plaguing well in full team practice. Oh, he may turn out to be cut before the 53. Oh, there All right. now, that hasn't happened, has it? Um, Mr. That Mr. Mankato no, was cut? No, in fact, I've got the list right here, and I think you are correct. So we have, gentlemen, it is rookies uh, report to Egan, not Mankato today. The Vikings will start practicing, uh, training camp practices with rookies on, uh, what, on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, if that's correct. The veterans, I believe, come in on Friday. And then, Matthew Collar, we get the uh, first full practice on Saturday. So today is the day. In which we will unveil the odds on the that were set by you and Chris Long, correct? I ranked them for him and wrote up kind of the case for everybody, what makes them interesting, and then Chris put in the odds because he is the gambling expert. He is the gambling here in expert in the building. Degenerate, some some might call him, but that's not very nice. No, that's rude. Uh, but especially since we can use it to our advantage to have him put the Mr. Mankato odds on. Now, first of all, I want to say, yeah. yes, it is staying Mr. Mankato forever because tell me how it's better to call it Mr. Egan. It's not, right, right It's Dave? not. There's no, there's no compelling there's, case to change the name. There's no argument here. Courtney brought it up for what about half a second yesterday, and we just beat her down verbally. Yeah, and uh, she agreed. Yes, Mr. Mankato sounds much better. There is no Mr. Egan. We were a little aggressive on that. Actually. A little bit, Sorry. but she deserved no, it. No, but for you can't. Cha- you can't change. It's the one thing that has to stay the same forever. It can't be changed because it means more than just a location. Yes, it's about a state of being. The Mr. Mankato. It's about blood, sweat, and tears, right? It's about the it's about going to Mankato and making your mark in those well at, at the end approximately two and a half weeks. But it's about going down there and working your butt off on on sun baked fields while the rest of us stand around and judge you also sunburned. So if it changes to Egan, like if if we changed it to the Mr. Egan is seen as at the yeah. TCO Performance yeah. Center. How exciting is that? It takes the the heart out of it. Yes, we want, well put. We want somebody who proves the haters wrong, who against all of Chris Long's odds Sing it. rises to the top Sing to it. be Mr. Mankato. And it's a Heritage Award, too. The people we have honored with this award, I mean, not only in the last few years, but going back, having retroactively honored people all the way back to Kyrie Zabier. I mean, there's a long, prestigious line of Vikings hopefuls, well, and you don't want to be, you want to be a part of that lineage, not. Hey, Mr. Uh, Mr. Mr. Southern Metro. Yeah, pretentious award. Right, I mean, Vince Lombardi is not coaching in the NFL anymore. That's true. And the trophy is the Lombardi trophy. That's very true. Yeah. So, Lord Stanley ain't around. No, he's not. But guess what? We still honor him each spring. Exactly. So, yes. So, uh, going back. So, we actually, when 
Phil, Phil and I came up with the idea for this award, we went back to 2007 and mm-hmm. honored players from 2007 through 2013. But the real honor began, and it was given out in 2014. Adam Thielen. Pretty good success story, right? Yeah. 2015, guess who? Fifth-round draft pick. Was a wide receiver. Who was it? Adam Thielen's running mate, Stefan Diggs. Oh, he. Oh, okay. I didn't know he was a Mr. Mankato. Yes, what he a, was. So this Great is, run this for Mr. Pretty, Mankato pretty to predictive start. Pretty of greatness. Yeah, it was for 2014 and 15, and then it sort of dropped off a little bit. But they've got to have a good draft in order to have that happen. That draft in 2015 is phenomenal. True. Very true. 2016, we got J. Ron Curse. Hey, he's on the team. He is on the team. He is a key punt gunner. Special teams uh, special teams extraordinaire, right? He's, he's really good at it, in all honesty. He's a very good punt gunner. And then in cleaning my office out, doing a thorough cleaning on Friday on my day off, I found last year's Mr. Mankato Watts. Oh, man. Rodney Adams was 2-1. to one. I know, and Bucky Hodges <laughs> was at the top, too. And Bucky Hodges was 3-1. to one. And Stacey Coley was 3-1. to one. But your winner was a 16-1 to one long shot, defensive end, Tayshawn Bauer. And so Tayshawn Bauer provides the, he provides the uh, blueprint for what, what you hope Mr. Mankato is again going to be in 2018, a long shot who comes out of nowhere to garner that respect. Yeah, yeah. And this year, there is a very interesting field for two reasons. Mm-hmm. One, kicking competition, Judd. I saw, you know, I thought about that this morning. Man, am I a loser, but I thought about it. Yeah, if there's a kicking competition, that gives you a total new way of looking at Mr. Mankato. because And a kicker who they desperately want to win the job, so he's going to get every chance to succeed. So unless he spectacularly flames out, he's going to have a great training camp. This guy can make a field goal from over 60 yards. In training camp or in mini camp, we saw him make one from like fifty five, and it was way up over the the bar. Okay. So if he goes into a preseason game and nails one from sixty, he not only can win the competition but also win Mr. Mankato, which is more important in my opinion. Here, uh, here's my second thought though on on this. Previously, I've looked at I've looked at hot shot prospects and and th- third round picks or after that. So because to be eligible for this award. You have to be a third to seventh round draft pick and or assigned after not being drafted. This year, I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to try and target positions at which the Vikings might have some depth, but at which they aren't going to really use guys. And running back came to mind. Because Delvin Cook's not not going to practice that much. Or if if he does, he's certainly not. He's he's not going to. No, he will. But he's not going to do a lot, right? No, he will, yeah. He's going to be a full participant. In games, too? Uh, Yeah, I think so. I think they're going to try to ramp him up. I think he's going to play just as much as he did last year. Because I was thinking Cook and Murray might not do all that much. In which case, I was trying to think. I wanted to fall to a running back who's down the depth chart, who might not make the team, but might get a real chance to play. Well, I, I like the way you're thinking, though, because even though Delvin Cook will play in the preseason games, he's not going to play all four quarters. I mean, sure. the, the other three guys, Mac Brown, who's not eligible for this because he's been in the NFL, but the, the other two guys, Mike Boone and Rock Thomas, are two of the more intriguing potential picks here because you get one or two big runs for a touchdown, something like that, you are going to capture the imagination of Mr. Mankato voters. Yes, you will. Yes, uh, you will. The other thing is that there is a, and this is just perfect for Mr. Mankato, is that there's competition at wide receiver. I wrote yesterday that the wide receiver competition is by far number one for me that I'm watching. Oh, this could change my ideas then. Yeah, because... Okay, so you're, say, you're saying that we could get guys get r- real opportunities to shine at wide receiver. Yes, because right. they spent a bunch of money on Corey Robertson, who's an undrafted free agent, to bring him in. Yep. And when you look at Kendall Wright, they signed Kendall Wright for only a million bucks and only 300000 guaranteed. Like this guy is barely on the team, even though he's a proven NFL wide receiver. Same thing with Tavares King, a veteran who had a handful of catches last year, but isn't proven by any means. These guys could lose their jobs if somebody steps up, like Brandon Zilstra, Corey Robertson. I've got Chad Beebe on the list. So you're telling me I'm, I might want to uh, shift my thinking from the running back position to the receiver position, given the potential for opportunities that might uh, that might be out there. All right. Possibly. So the odds are going to be posted 1,500 ESPN in 10 minutes. Yes, they will. And And I've also included, by the way, Caleb Jones, because guys who are on the practice squad the year before, so never played, are eligible. And he's an intriguing pick. 
even though he's suspended for the first four games, he was a guy they kept around through the whole last year and had a really great camp last season. But is he going to get a lot of a chance then if he's suspended for the first four games? Are we this that that seems that seems very very dicey to me. But, but there's an argument for yes because yeah. you could keep a seventh wide receiver there mm-hmm. and have him just be on the suspended list and then make the decision, kind of kick the can down the road and make the decision after week four whether you want to keep him or not, depending on if someone gets hurt. Odds to come shortly so on So many that. balls in the air odds, with Mr. Mankato. Odds to come. Picks at, at some point to come. Uh, Chris Long, who helped you set the odds, should join us in the noon hour as well to discuss uh, what he thinks and what he came up with there. But let's get to uh, what happened last night in Toronto, Canada. Ding, ding. Deep to right field. Smith going back. And gone. A home run for Kepler. Hit a home run in his last at bat yesterday. And a two run shot here in the fifth. And the Twins have already jumped on Biagini for three. You know, after Kansas City, we had to come out and swing the bats well. Uh, a lot of guys had good nights. You know, hit some over the fence. We hit some hard. Got some big hits with runners in scoring position. Uh, it, w- it was a nice offensive flow. Um, Garcia slowed us down at the end, but uh, and then on the other side, Mejia. I, you know, I thought he was good. You know. All right, Collar. Th- this is the part of the show where you call up the Twins' August schedule and start to tell me, look how easy the schedule looks. I'm not going to do it. Okay, I'm, I'm done. After Kansas City, I'm Can done. Can I ask you a simple question? If they had taken even one out of three, I might have still been able to make this argument. Yep. But getting swept in Kansas City, it's over for me. Can I ask, ask both of you guys a, a very simple question about this baseball team? Why won't they just go away? Like why don't I had the same thought? Last if you're gonna go get swept by KC, don't give me this BS. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to Toronto, and 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 I guarantee you, and Toronto's not good. If they win tonight, right, we're gonna get the whole thing again. Well, I mean, you really can't give up on us yet because we're we're. Why don't you just go away? You decided in Kansas City. You've decided several times this year that you're going to go away. So just do it. Just disappear. Just disappear. Shut the American League Central outside of Cleveland down. But I think as as a watcher of sports, there might be nothing more maddening than a gutless club that has guts once in a while. That's going to be this team in August, for sure. Even if they trade Brian Dozier, that Irvin Santana will come back and he'll have some good starts, probably. And Sano will come back and he'll hit some dingers. Even when he was struggling at his worst, he would still hit some home runs from sure. time to time. Yep. So let's say he gets back on track and he really wants to convince the world that he deserves to get paid big time down the road here and he's a franchise player or whatever. He's going to hit some homers. And maybe even Buxton comes back. They're going to look good at times throughout August. And that's going to make this all worse. But when you go to Kansas City and you get swept and you can't hit, you're just done. Oh, they're definitely like, like they're you're definitely done. done. You're now. done. Just they're, accept the fact yes. you're done. And they, don't don't give me don't. They're popping up. And where this is going to be more frustrating is you could totally see in August with this brutally awful schedule. If you want them to lose, put it that way. And I don't even care. I just want them to go away. If if you want them to go away, then you're not happy with the August schedule because it's easy. Because you face the Tigers a ton. You got the Pirates mixed in there. They're not that great. You've got the White Sox in there and opportunities to gain on Cleveland. But you're too far back. Yes. You would have to demolish Cleveland. Yes. And you're losing. That's not going to happen. And you're losing games that you you're lo- you're going to Kansas City. You're telling me nine and two, and and you put some graphic up in in. The clubhouse about, you know, we're not done yet. Nine and two homestand. And then you go and play a Royals team that I think went into that series with like 27 wins. This is what this is the definition of what drives me crazy. This is exactly what the 2018 Minnesota Twins have been. That every every time you start to think like, okay, maybe they can get back on track. Maybe they can get closer to Cleveland because Cleveland has not run away. Every time you think that they go to Kansas City and get swept or have something just like that where they fall off the map and kind of prove who they really are. But even if they trade Brian Dozier and even if they trade Fernando Rodney, mm-hmm. Escobar would probably hurt them quite a bit. But if Escobar stays around, you're still going to be competitive throughout August because of that. Trade schedule. Escobar. Trade them all. They probably should trade Tra- Trade them all. Just trade them all. Get what you can. Get what you can and quit these bleep and bounce backs. And Dave, quit l- laughing at me. Because you know this drives me crazy. Well, you realize it's baseball and there's still two months to go and they're going to win a ball game once in a while, right? I know, but I it's mean, the it's the it's the rhetoric that we get after these wins and how they celebrate like we're 
Like, were the 2017 plucky twins still? I don't think it's quite like that. That's I think what they realize there's a lot in life at this point that they need a whole lot to go their way. But well. you can be happy for a win if you are the twins. Just I, I think if, if it's you, Judd, you just need to calm down a little bit. Don't take it day by day. This isn't football. They're going to win some ball games, But, you know, I mean, Collar talks about how easy the schedule comes in, in August. Yeah. And he's right. But... It doesn't get much easier than coming out of a five-day break and you've got the Royals in front of you. And you no, I know. That's maybe. why I just want you to lose 10 consecutive. Just lose everything. Just keep losing. Well, yeah, then they're going to come back and just win the 11th and you're going to say, why can't you keep losing, Twins? No, I think if you won, you know what? If tonight's win, if they now lose the next two and then they go to Boston and get swept, I'll be very pleased then. What if they take two or three in Toronto and three or four in Boston? Oh, man. Uh, if they take three or four in Boston, uh, I'd be absolutely shocked. I will come in here on Monday show and be absolutely. I, I think we all shocked. would be, but hey, nine and two in the homestand. None of us saw that coming either. At least I did. I did. Orioles and Royals nine are of not 11. real teams. Orioles and and Kansas City are minor league teams. At least what we know is they're going to trade off things at the deadline. Yes, the, because this front office yes. won't get wowed if they sweep the Blue Jays and say. It's happening, guys. No way. We've got to keep no Dozier. We've got to go for it. They're not going to do that. No more. Yeah, they're not going to do that. We're done with that. All right. Uh, Mr. Mankato odds are coming out in three minutes. Yes, and Jason oh, Stark yes. Jason Stark at 1130 to talk some trade deadline and talk some baseball. But, yes, we will come back with Mr. Mankato odds. We will reveal the field after this. Mackie and Judd is Collar and Zolgan today. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Gentlemen, to the medicine cabinet. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. What now? What now? Let me tell you what now. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Big voice guy, you want to give us something for the odds? Mr. Mankato. We've heard it once already in full. There he is. Where's your, your training camp hero? I don't know if we need my version, really. Oh, come on. I think we should break them all out on a day like this, don't you, Matthew Collar? Like, we should hear them all. Only one day a year. Yeah, exactly. It's it's Christmas. You play all the Christmas songs on Christmas. Oh, no. We play we play our Christmas songs well before and after well, we Christmas. Do. You know that. We do. But I think that we should we should put you and Phil's side by side. I think yours was pretty good. Actually. Well, maybe at some point, but like this is like there is the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. This is the Mr. Mankato season. It's only beginning today, boys. There is a lot more discussion to be had, a lot more excitement to be had. This isn't just you go, you know, you go down under the Mr. Mankato tree to go see what, you know, a Santa Spielman brought you. No, 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 no. There are days and days of gatherings and gifts and presents and speculation and prognostication to go. This is an exciting time in the sports landscape here in Minnesota. Matthew Collar, I turn it over to you because you, you have the odds that you and Chris Long formulated in the past 48 hours. I have just pressed publish, so you should be able to find this at 1500ESPN.com. I hear football music. That is football music on Twitter at 1500ESPN. It should have. Can you confirm that it just tweeted that out? It's supposed to. Oh, sure I can. Uh, Hold on. I'll go to uh, and my we Twitter will, machine. And we will, with that, begin. Okay. The odds-on favorite I'm retweeting for right now, Mr. Mankato this year mm-hmm. is a guy that I've written a profile of leading up to camp for today. So make sure you check that out. Holton Hill. <laughs> All right. Who is the cornerback that the Vikings... Signed, he was the number one rated undrafted free agent coming out of Texas. He is not only the odds on favorite for Mr. Mankato, but also the famed weed guy that I have mentioned more than one time on this station before, Judd. Mm -hmm. That you know I have a saying always take the weed guy. And Holton Hill. You're the first GM in football history to actually have that mantra. I'm the first one to sign the guy who's high. I have been the first one to admit that, but sure. there are plenty of GMs who look at it the same way. Potentially the Minnesota Vikings, if you remember, once upon a time. Not a bad wide receiver coming out of Marshall was the weed guy. And Percy was a, a weed, weed guy. Percy was a weed guy as well. Yeah. Oh, we've got a long history here of, uh, of taking the guy that might, uh, that might want to smoke some weed. There is a co-favorite 
for Mr. Mankato, and that is Whoa. former CFL star wide receiver Brandon Zilstra, who stood out in minicamp. And in the wide receiver battle, there are plenty of opportunities here. I think at least for one spot and even maybe for two spots, Thielen and Diggs are locked in. Laquan Treadwell's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Everything else. Stacey Coley's going to have to earn his. Everyone's going to get a chance. Yep, and All everyone's right. going to get a chance. So Brandon Zilstra, who had 100 catches in the CFL, 3-1 to one odds, tied with Holton Hill, also 3-1 to one odds. Up next, we have another wide receiver, Corey Robertson. They paid a lot for him to bring him in as an undrafted free agent. He has 5-1 to one odds. He is great run-after catch. So you could totally see Corey Robertson catching a ball, plowing over some fourth-string safety, taking it the distance, and winning Mr. Mankato. So he's got big-time yak potential. He does. All right. At 4-1, to one, this is out of order, Chris Long, 4-1, to one, <laughs> Daniel Carlson, the kicker. So we've got some close competition at the top here. Carlson was drafted in the fifth round. Usually when they draft a kicker, that means he's going to make the team. Yep. And Carlson has a big leg. He could wow audiences at TCO Performance Center. Up next are two of your running backs at 10-to-1 odds, Judd. Mike Mike Boone from Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. And there have been some rumblings that they like Mike Boone. Great athleticism. And a guy who I may I love this name, by the way. I might pick him just... I might take him just based on his name. Rock Thomas, who was a former five-star recruit coming out of high school. He was very good at Auburn, but he decided to transfer because he wasn't getting enough playing time. So he's 10 to 1 odds. Uh Our next... And I'm sorry for the out of order with these odds. Our next guy at 6 to 1 odds is the tight end Tyler Conklin who comes out of Central Michigan, has great hands. He's going to battle with Blake Bell for the number 3 spot. You can imagine that Kyle Rudolph, especially since he had surgery at the end of last year, mm-hmm. he's not going to play a ton in the preseason. If you're a tight end, you're going to have your shot. Is Tyler is is he is he Bucky like though or no. are we or is he totally different? He's like the anti We got Bucky. sucked in by Bucky last year in a big way. Yes, because Not you, but we did. Because Bucky was an athletic freak. This okay. guy is not an athletic freak, but he has great hands. Okay. So you could see him making some good catches and putting up some numbers in these preseason him, games. I'm going to give him at least some thought. Next is the third-string quarterback who will get a lot of work in the third and fourth quarters, Kyle Sloder. I got burned. So was that two years ago that the quarterbacks, I took the field, and and it was Heineke, and who, who was the Wisconsin QB that they had as the... Uh, well, you're, you're their, mixing up your years, Joel Stave. Right? Joel was, uh, Stave. Stave was, yeah. Or you think thinking two years ago? Yes. Yeah, oh, two, yeah, years, two ago. years ago was Stave. And yeah. I, so, so, Last year was Wes Lunt. Yeah, so, uh, so Long grouped those two together in a field play, and I took them. And it was a, I was lauded on the show for a great idea until Taylor showed up in a walking boot. <laughs> So I have, I think yes. I have learned my lesson when it comes to taking quarterbacks. So I'm giving Rock Thomas and Tyler Conklin far more thought than I am well, Kyle Sloter right now. now. Okay, so the, here's the thing, though. Kyle Sloter is only here because he had an amazing training camp and preseason with Denver. And they didn't keep him, but oh. that's how he ended up here. And remember last year, they cut Kyle Carter before the playoff game so they could keep Kyle Sloter on the roster. Too many Kyles for me. Yeah, I know. All right. Uh, Doogie weighs in, by the way, that he thinks 10 to 1 odds for Mike Boone is too high or great value, he says. that they, oh, value they, pick. They love Mike Boone. That, that comes from your insider, Mr. Mankato right. insider, Doogie. Okay, I'll, I'll uh, Caleb Jones, him. though, will be suspended. I think that there's a chance that he makes some great catches. He's a go-up-and-get-it guy, and that's how he earned his job last year. Mitch Leidner was throwing balls all over the place, and he ended up with nine catches in the fourth preseason Mitch Leidner was throwing balls inaccurately? Moving on. Stop with that, Matthew. So Caleb Jones, he was on the practice squad last year. He is a 10-to-1 shot. All right. Jalen Holmes, fourth-round pick this year. Now, he was hurt in minicamp, had a hand issue, but he's supposed to be back and okay. He's more of a long shot. 16 to 1. Defensive tackle. Yeah, I can't do that. But he's a pass rushing defensive tackle. And remember, uh, remember last year, Jaleel Johnson got his name in this race. He did, and I liked him, but but if you play an interior line spot, it makes it very, very difficult. 
Okay, the local angle here is strong for our next candidate. And as I told you, there's a lot of wide receivers here. Jake Winicky, Maple Grove, South Dakota State, All-American in all four of his seasons at South Dakota State, 10 to 1 odds. And, of course, Chris Long adds a potential Adam Thielen-esque receiver, which no Chris Long. Bad Chris Long. That's not right? No. He, he can't up. be Adam Thielen? Why not? He's not even Come close on. to Adam Come Thielen's on. athleticism. He's from Maple Grove. He's a local guy. Why can't we give him that opportunity? Do people not know that Adam Thielen runs a 4-4? I'm not sure they do. I don't They're, think that's part of the storyline that we like to talk about. I, I mean, come on. Here's a hardworking kid. from. He's from in, inside the state. He's a white kid. I think that's the storyline that we much prefer to talk about. Okay? <laughs> definitely. Definitely. He reminds me of all the other great whiteouts who have been white. Well, they have three Wayne Kerbets here on the uh, <laughs> squad heading into TCO Performance Center. And uh, the next one is Chad Beebe, a 20-to-1 shot. i got a weird feeling about this kid. Good on special teams. Zimmer, I think, likes him. i got a weird feeling about this guy getting a chance and actually doing something. He battled injuries in college, so he never put up big numbers, but he can punt return. And he's got the uh, the pedigree. Yes, he does. I, I talked to Don Beebe when they signed him. And, uh, you know, he's a long shot at 20-1. He, he said my kid's okay. He's intriguing. not great. He's he, no me. It, it is interesting that he talked about how different his kid was because Don Beebe ran a 4-2, and his kid runs more like a 4-6. All right. Anyway, Adey Aruna. Now, this is a real long shot. Adey Aruna, a sixth-round defensive end. Mm-hmm. Last year, Tashawn Bauer stood out at this position. I think Adey Aruna will get his chance, but he's he's very raw. Didn't have huge sack numbers. He's one of those guys. He's 20-1. to one. All right. Next guy, this might be an intriguing pick. Another wide receiver who runs a 4-2-7 40-yard dash, Jeff Baddett. He was the deep receiver for Oklahoma. They had a lot of weapons. They spread the ball around, so he didn't have unbelievable numbers. But he is blazing fast. He is a 30-to-1 shot, Judge. All right. That's intriguing, though, with that type of speed. And these last two, you may remember them from last year. They were practice squad guys. Afadi Odenabo, a defensive lineman. Rolls off your tongue, Matthew. I can spell it no problem. Can you really? Yeah. It's just it's in the fingers for whatever reason. That's very impressive with that name. And Jack Tocho. Jack Tocho, a defensive defensive back who gets his second swing at this uh, because he was on the practice squad. He was cut, brought back, cut, brought back. He's that guy. And then the field is 40 to 1. I can read you the field if you want. No, it's okay. I think people can go to (laughs) 1500ESPN.com and check out the field. There are really no super intriguing guys in the field for me. Last year, I believe I picked from the field and took Isaac Frickty, and that was a very, very bad pick. I think to your point, though, uh, in in what you wrote here, the field does not involve a lot of skill position guys, so it makes it very difficult for these guys to stand out when we're talking offensive guards and and safeties and linebackers. Who's the quarterback? Peter, can you pronounce that one? I, I don't know how to pronounce it technically. I mean, P-U-J-A-L-S. I've been saying, I think it's Pools. Okay. All right. We've just been calling him Albert's cousin. <laughs> of course you have. What are you, uh, what are you, so I've got, I've got Mike Boone, Rock Thomas, Tyler Conklin, yeah. and maybe Sloter as my top three so far. so But I don't know who I'm going to pick yet. So I I totally believe Doogie, and I, I don't think he's even the first one who has said this, or the only one who has said that Mike Boone is, is catching some eyeballs in minicamp and that they really like him. But I am very intrigued by Rock Thomas. He was, he was a guy that was a five-star well, recruit coming out of high school. I love the name. Every, it's a great yes, name. And every, every so name. often, a guy gets an opportunity. He was behind Carrion Johnson at Auburn, so he decided to transfer. And a lot of times, when you see an undrafted free agent succeed, their story is, well, they were a great talent, and they had to transfer, and they went to a smaller school, but yep. then they really stood out, and the talent was there, and they were able to succeed. That's the way I'm leaning should we make our picks? Or do I don't you think we wait? should. You want to wait till Chris? I think is we in? should wait. Let's wait till Chris. Is Dave, in your thoughts? Well, I mean, with the odds just coming out, I need a lot more simmer time. Yeah, I, I agree. The, the interesting thing about this year, it's kind of like a political election when you get that that Green Party or whatever independent candidate that pops up, and you know they make a big name for themselves, and then you always have the pundits say, "Well, that person's going to take votes away from that person," mm. you know, the Democrat or whoever it is. You know, you got Mike Boone and Rock Thomas. 
two running backs that are both trying to splash. One can make a play here. One makes a play here. Are they taking votes away from each other? Same thing with the two wide receivers at the top of the list. Yes. Uh, Brandon Zilster, Corey Robertson, two guys that could be, frankly, battling for Mr. Mankato, but also taking votes away from each other, which could lead a guy like Daniel Carlson to yeah. uh, to get a Kyle Slaughter, as you said, Holton Hill, you know, all the names that are that are high on the list there, uh, the, the tight end, Tyler Conklin as well. They could really certainly pop in, and even maybe if they don't have the greatest Mankato themselves out of the entire list, pop up because there's votes being, votes being stolen other ways. Slaughter and... It's a I, lot to think about. I hate to pick a quarterback, but your explanation on Slaughter makes perfect sense, and he is going to get a big chance to get some, He's gonna play. some training yep. camp, or especially, I, I should say, preseason reps. I, you might have swayed me a little bit on this one. So here's the other thing about Slaughter that makes him interesting. He has a rocket arm. I mean, this guy can really throw it. And he's a former wide receiver, so he's an athlete, too. So you could see gonna We're going to want him to start, aren't we? We're no, going to want him to start. No. After game two, we're going to be like, well, Cousins is okay, but look at this Kyle Slaughter. Maybe. You know what? I've in, seen it in this market. We, uh, we, there was a guy when I was in Buffalo covering the Bills named Jeff Toole. And Jeff Tool was this guy. He was T U E L. He was the Kyle Sloter, the random quarterback that basically never played or whatever. And he got in one game, a loss against Kansas City, and threw one really pretty touchdown. Yep. And for years after that, he would be hanging around, third quarterback, whatever. Yep. People would say, you know, they never gave Jeff Tool a chance that he should have been the guy. Gino Toretta mm-hmm. in this market in about 90, was it the summer of. 93 or so, he came in in a preseason game at Kansas City. Heisman winner, Miami. Heisman winner and late-round draft pick, and and the Vikings marched down the field, and Toretta looked fantastic. And for years, it was the same thing. Well, Toretta should have got a chance. So when they released Jeff Toole, we did basically a funeral for Jeff Toole guy. Like the caller who would call in and say, (laughs) Jeff Toole, we had like an RIP, rest in peace Jeff Toole guy. So I think we will have that. There will be someone out there who says, you know what, I just like Sloter. We should go with him. How much time is Sloter going to get with two new quarterbacks? I think a lot. Two I mean, new quarterbacks to the system in front of him, obviously. A lot in preseason Simeon, games, though, right? My guess would be Simeon plays the most in the third preseason game, but the entire fourth preseason game might be all Kyle Sloter, and at, at least third and fourth quarters for him for most of the preseason, I think he'll get a lot of playing time. God, this is interesting. This is exciting. Mm, I'm getting this is good. I'm tempted. Mr. Mankato. I'm getting very tempted here. The, the receivers scare me for why Dave said. Because one could stand out, but I have no idea which one probably. Yeah, yep. With Slaughter, I know what I'm going to get. That's what got me last year, that I picked a wide receiver, but I just picked the wrong one. Uh, 651-646-8255 if you would like to join the conversation if you have thoughts on the Mr. Mankato odds 651-646-8255 also ESPN's QB rankings came out this morning where does Kirk Cousins rank? we'll talk about it Mackie and Judd will return shortly guys I thought we were in a hurry on 1500 ESPN Not- Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad like this is quality entertainment Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN Mackie and Joe today is Zolgad and Collar, TCL Broadcast Studios. All right, sir, ESPN.com in their insider section today released their quarterback rankings, which are an elaborate four-tiered process of a survey uh, that they they did of 10 GMs, five head coaches, 10 coordinators, 10 senior personnel executives, five QB coaches, and then 10 other like executives or scouts, blah, blah, blah. Yes. They have tier one is four players. Tier two is five through 14. Tier three, to me, is surprisingly long. It should be five tiers because tier three is 15 through 28, and tier four is back to, to four players. So I'm surprised that they didn't do five tiers. Kirk Cousins, and I think this is incredibly fair and accurate. Kirk Cousins leads off tier three, tied for uh, 15th, with with Alex Smith, who is the guy who's replacing Cousins in Washington. And when when the three of us with Phil did our, our uh, QB rankings a couple weeks ago, I put Cousins 13th. So I think to put him somewhere probably between 12 and 15 is very fair. I think that that is fair. I do not agree with Alex Smith being tied with Kirk Cousins. Alex Smith is better than Kirk Cousins, in my opinion. Uh, he led the NFL last year in quarterback rating. 
And quarterback rating is not a perfect stat, but if you look at not only that, but his success in two different places, I mean, you could kind of go down the list with his numbers and also his winning. And even in the playoffs, Alex Smith is known for losing in the in the playoffs or not being as much of a winner because he hasn't gotten to the Super Bowl, but he's always losing to like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, and then the one time they put up 42 points or something and lose to Andrew Luck. Right. So, I mean, his numbers in the playoffs are actually really good overall. I look at Alex Smith as being a little bit higher than this, but with Kirk Cousins at 15th, I think that that is right. And the criticism that is mentioned here that's quoted from an offensive coordinator is exactly my biggest concern with this year's team and Kirk Cousins and how he's going to perform. This is from an anonymous offensive coordinator. Mike Sando puts this all together, as you mentioned, with, with different executives and coaches. The offensive coordinator says, My biggest problem with Cousins is that he is so unaggressive in the pocket. When people get around him and they squeeze in, he looks like he weighs 160 pounds. That was Case Keenum's strength. He made more plays out of plays that could have been a sack. I don't know if Cousins makes those plays, but Cousins will get some balls thrown quicker. The ability to go off script was something Case Keenum did exceptionally well, and so did Teddy Bridgewater. And uh, we saw Sam Bradford got the ball out quicker. So I think we're going to see more of a Sam Bradford, but a less accurate Sam Bradford with Kirk Cousins, where he gets the ball out quick to his first read when he's in the pocket and there's pressure. But where Bradford was still excellent in terms of his accuracy, Mm -hmm. what I see with Kirk Cousins when I watch back his last year is he's very hit or miss on that, where sometimes it's, Holy cow, how did he make that throw? That was excellent. Yep. And other times it's what in the world just happened there when he got pressured. How much do you think the the uh skilled position guys around him here and, and he had this in in Washington a couple of years back, collar, but how much do you think the skilled position guys, Diggs, Thielen, Cook now, are, are gonna boost his play as well, though? Because that's the one that's the one thing I can't judge is he does have he, he's got a good core here. So he's still going to remain the same guy and struggle in the same areas, or are they going to help to lift him to a certain degree where he becomes maybe not spectacular, but he becomes more successful in situations that last year he didn't have as much success in Washington? So we do have a model for trying to figure that out, and that's 2016 when he had Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon and the two tight ends, Davis and Reed, who were just, I mean, Jordan Reed is a tremendous tight end. Than than what he's going to have Yes, they were better as far as tight ends, but in terms of the wide receivers, it's probably even Deshaun Jackson, Pierre Garçon. Maybe you'd give the slight edge to Thielen and Diggs. But in the in the running back, surprisingly, they were really good in terms of running backs in 2016. They just didn't have a bell cow back, mm-hmm. but they split it up between a couple different guys. And someone to, that just gets overlooked all the time, who in my mind is a star player in the league, is Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson, you remember, he burned the Vikings big time in their game in Washington this year. One of the best receiving running backs there is. So I think it's maybe a little bit overstated, though I, I do think that Delvin Cook can be a superstar player. Uh, But if he plays like that, like he did in 2016, he's not 15th. He's probably like 10th or maybe even a little higher than that. He was spectacular in 2016. Right. The one issue, here's the big difference between 2016 Washington and the Minnesota Vikings this year. Yep. That offensive line, pro football focus had them as a top five line in 2016 Washington. They rated going into this year the Vikings 28th. As the as far as yeah, that's remarkably line. low. Cousins to me, and I'm just going to be very curious to see when when he has to move because we took for as much as we criticized Case at times, and and there were things he didn't do great. Uh, the one thing that I think we began we started to take for granted with Keenum though was his ability to scramble and throw was off the charts and it's one of those weird things where if you're good at that it looks simple so like you're like of course he scrambled there and of course he ducked down because he felt the pressure and that's what most QBs would do that's not true that's right. that's not true right and so if you watch this in action when a QB does struggle with the pressure it becomes abundantly clear how difficult that can be. And Keenum had that innate sense or something where where there were plays he made and you said, whoa. Mm-hmm. And then you began to say, well, of course he did. 
And I think we're, we're going to go back to with uh, with Kirk here. I think we're going to go back to saying no that that was the one that was one thing that Case had that was a real special attribute: the ability to to feel pressure and escape it. Yeah, and he has this sort of gamer to him. Case Keenum does. So even though he is less accurate and does not have as strong of an arm as Kirk Cousins, he could make plays off script. That ultimately, too, I mean. He ends up hurting them or almost costing them against New Orleans because he would try to do this sometimes. Right, yeah, there was a downside to it at times. There was a downside at times that hurt them, but Kirk Cousins will make some of the same mistake throws, just not in the same way. Uh, Like, he'll try to take... So what's he going to do that Case couldn't do? What what are we going to see him do and say, that was a play Case Keenum couldn't have made? I think if you're asking someone, like your quarterback, to take a five-step drop and throw a pass into a a tight window and hit Stephon Diggs right on the money, the chances of Kirk Cousins doing that are much higher than Case Keenum. When you were talking about 15, 20-yard throws down the field, Keenum really struggled to just make those traditional quarterback throws Mm -hmm. where Kirk Cousins is better. Kirk Cousins has a stronger arm. And even though they hit some big plays last year, Cousins can get the ball downfield much better than Case Keenum can. And I think he can run a lot of the same execution on screens and stuff like that. So that's where you're going to see Cousins make better throws on a consistent basis. It's just where the shortcomings are in different spots. And with Cousins, it's definitely what that offensive coordinator said. When there's people closing in on him, that's where he struggles the most. I mean, I went back and watched all of his last season, and that's what I found the most is it's hesitate, hesitate, strip sack, he Your running back canvas blocks is basically what, what you're telling me. And and they're in a great spot with that, that because yeah. of Cook and, and Latavius Murray. They can definitely block. If they had Adrian Peterson back there, you would be pretty concerned about that. Uh, there, there's at least two f- former Viking quarterbacks who probably have a big gripe about this list. Keenum and Bradford. Where do they fall? Let's get to that next. It's Mackie and Judd with Collar and for Phil. People, people, I have an important announcement. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout. Yeah. On 1500 ESPN, Mackie and Judd are back. You're about to make a whole lot of people around here real happy. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. Registration is underway for the 37th edition of the Medtronic Twin Cities Marathon running from downtown Minneapolis to the state capitol grounds in St. Paul. It's happening Sunday, October 7th. Accomplish a bold feat while savoring the scenic beauty as two cities cheer you on. Run the most revered event in Minnesota running, the Medtronic Twin Cities Marathon. Details at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword, events. Pecking order right around the corner here. One of the most difficult I've ever participated in, which uh, Collar suggested last night. We'll get to that at 10. All right, so going back to this ESPN uh, QB rankings list that, that that we were talking about, and as I said, Tier 1 was four players. Rodgers and Brady are tied for first. Drew Brees is third, and Roethlisberger is fourth. And that's Tier 1. That's it. I don't know how you can have Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson as not first-tier quarterback. It should have been five tiers, too. That's what I don't it should have been. Fi- it should have been five tiers. It should have been, and Stafford, I'm with you. Tier two, tier two goes Ryan at five, Wilson at six, Stafford at seven. It should have been Ryan and Wilson in tier one, and then I would have started with Stafford at tier two. Like, I don't disagree with the list. I mean, I think they're in the right area with the tier two to have Andrew Luck, they have a 10, Carson Wentz at nine, Phillip Rivers eight, Matt Stafford seven. Russell Wilson, six, and Matt Ryan, five. That's fine. But calling them second-tier quarterbacks, I, yes. I don't know. I mean, I think those guys could win the Super Bowl almost any year. Yep. And so, uh, tier three, as we said before, Cousins and Alex Smith are tied for 15th. The rest of tier three, tied for 17th, Eli Manning and Dak Prescott. Eli is way too high there. Way I'm sorry. High, I'm yeah. sorry. All but the, We'll see, because last year... He had more drops than any other quarterback in the league. He lost Odell Beckham and Brandon Marshall in like the first two weeks. Yep. And their offensive line was a wreck. So he could be a lot better with Pat Shermer. I had him 24th in mine. Yeah. So and I think and I think if you had dropped him uh, approximately three or four more spots, that's fair. Uh 19 was Jared Goff. 20, once again, way too high for the circumstances, Jameis Winston. Mariota was 21. Andy Dalton 22. And now we get to a former Viking quarterback who's tied for 23rd. Tied with Joe Flacco, Case Keenum. And it gets worse 
if you're a former Viking QB, because Tyrod Taylor's <laughs> 25th, Blake Bortles, who is god-awful, is 26. Yeah. Tannehill, who's coming uh, back from an ACL, is 27. And not until you get to 28 do you get to Sam Bradford. And I, I will say this. Bradford being hurt on a regular basis, I'm sure, played a big role in this. But nonetheless, I'm sorry. If you came to me today and said, okay, you can have Blake Bortles or Bradford, I'm taking my chances with Sam Bradford. This is an interesting way that one of the voters put it. Is if it's seven on seven, he's a one every day of the week, but it's not seven on seven. And man, have I seen him make some throws at seven on seven. I came back from camp last year, like, have you guys seen the best arm ever? Because I have. I mean, I, I'm being hyperbolic there. I don't really think he has a better arm than Brett Favre, but it's up there. I mean, when it's just him out there practicing, he made some of the most ridiculous throws in camp that I have seen in my life. And then goes on to the field and does it against the Saints. So you think, hey, maybe this is finally the time where he gets it together. And then he gets hurt immediately after. The injuries would be the biggest problem. But, I mean, some of these these comments, the teams that have him don't want to seem to stay with him. A former GM said, "Well, he got hurt because he got hurt." I mean, I, I well, think Philadelphia, that, I guess, sort of did that. Yeah, but they drafted their quarterback. Yeah, I guess, it, but it, they wouldn't have bought into him fully anyway because of the injury history. So, 2017, this guy was pretty damn good, Matthew. He was 2017. He played all, every game but one because he got traded here late and didn't play the opener against the Titans that year. But we saw this guy make some throws and decisions with an offensive line, by the way, that was not that good at all in 2017. We saw him make some plays that were, I, he deserves more than 28th on this list. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that he belongs in the top 10 or anything. No. But when you're talking about his pure talent. I put him 21st. And we also saw him have some games. I mean, they kind of act like, well, he can't really win anything. And there were times where I got really frustrated with him. Thanksgiving at Detroit, it just drove me crazy because he wouldn't make a throw. He kept dumping it off to Kyle Rudolph for three yards on third and eight, and that was it. Yeah, But he didn't have much help in terms of an offensive line. I think if they get even just a little bit of offensive line help, they're in the playoffs that year with Sam Bradford as a quarterback. How much do you think he defaulted to those those um, safe throws, too, though? Because his head coach goes ballistic if, if he makes a mistake. So if he tries to if he tries to throw the ball 15 to 20 yards down that field and he makes a mistake, he's going to hear about it constantly. It's, it's really been his whole career, though, that that's what he does. I, I think when we're talking about him, it's just like with Kirk Cousins, that everybody deals with pressure differently. So if you pressure Russell Wilson, he's going to run and he's going to do something special. He might run for 20 yards. He might dodge five guys and then find someone 20 yards down the field. If you pressure Aaron Rodgers, he's going to take a few steps and work his way out of it and work his uh, the pass rushers into his blockers somehow to create more time for himself. If you pressure Sam Bradford, he's just going to dump it off to the fastest guy as quick as he can. Sure. And also, the other thing, too, is... Bradford will take what you give him, and sometimes he doesn't really pay much attention to the situation. So if, a, if let's say, it's late in the game and you're down by one score, the other team is dropping everybody back. So they've got the two deep safeties. They know you're going to pass. What happens a lot with Bradford is, oh, that's the right read. Someone's open underneath. I'm going to dump it off. But it's third and seven in the fourth quarter down by a score. Right. That's, that, I just go back that's to, my biggest criticism of Bradford. But, I just go back to when Case did take chances last year, how you heard about it consistently for a week. Because Mike would get up to that podium. Oh, yeah, yeah, Mike yeah. would get up to that, that you know, the, the horseshoe comment about Case was made because he was clearly making throws that they weren't comfortable with, with him making, but they were working. So I do go a little bit in defense of Sam to say, I wonder if he said to himself in Detroit, I could make that throw, but if I make that throw and it gets picked off, my head coach is going to go up to that podium. And some guys have the confidence where they say, bleep it, I don't care. And some guys say to themselves, it ain't worth it. I think that's fair to bring up, and it will certainly be a topic. I mean, the horseshoe comment's one of the all-time yes, off-the-charts underrated comments in this town. It is. And he's playing great. He's got a horse. As this goes along, we will talk about it with Kirk Cousins and how he deals with some of Zimmer's honesty. Uh, I don't think it was a major factor with Bradford. In 2017, they kind of were ships passing in the night with Zimmer and, and Bradford. That 
Bradford's coach was Pat Shermer in 2017. Yeah. 2018, they built a relationship and felt much more comfortable with each other. But it was very much, well, that's your guy, so you kind of you kind of manage that. But if you're going through this list of tiers with quarterbacks and where they rank, Blake Bortles is not better than Sam Bradford in any world. Oh, no. Blake I, Bortles should be, for Blake Bortles not to be a Tier 4 quarterback, which is their final tier, is a complete joke. And the same thing for Joe Flacco. I mean, what Joe Flacco are we talking about? Like 2013. We always Joe go Flacco? back to the we it, always go back to that playoff run. I mean, it's That's a what we go back to every time, time with this guy. Ago, he might lose his job in camp. Andy Dalton is not better than Sam Bradford either. The rest of them okay. Right. And Jameis Winston talent-wise probably belongs where he is, but the rest of the stuff would drop him for me. Yeah. But Eli Manning at this point yep. and, and Joe Flacco, the, I mean, those right. are like great history, you know, or lifetime achievement awards. Take a break. I come back. One of the toughest lists I've ever had to do for this show will be revealed next along with Collars. The show is Mackie and Judd. Matthew in for Phil. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. So long, losers. On 1500 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged or Chris Howard. University of Michigan QB J.J. McCarthy makes bold predictions but doesn't fulfill them, and Ohio State kicker Noah Ruggles misses an opportunity to etch his name in Buckeye lore. Fans love their teams and the players. That is, until they don't. When it comes to finger-pointing, you'll find no greater antagonist than the fan. Why? Because it means more to them, or so they believe. As a former player, nothing angers me more than armchair charlies accusing the teams of overlooking opponents or blaming players for providing bulletin board material. But leading up to the game, the fan is the one talking the most, boasting the most. When the team is winning, it's a lot of we talk. But when the team loses, it turns into they lost. You will never know what those moments feel like because you didn't put in the work to earn those feelings from those moments. That's the great thing about being part of a team. You win as a team, you lose as a team. We cry, we console our brother, we don't point the finger, we go back to work, back to the early morning workouts, the hill sprints, back to the bloody noses and broken bones. Why? Because it really means more to us. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.